Well, I guess everything's going well so far. <clears throat> Good to see you here. Good to see some faces we haven't seen in a while. What a pitiful little bunch. You know, I remember Feast of Tabernacles when there were 12, 13,000 people there. Mr. Armstrong would make these great dramatic things and Look where we are today. But things are tough all over, aren't they? It's a tough world we're living in. We have drought in a lot of places. I hear Australia's crop expectancy is down about 28%. 60% of the American crops are in danger, or 60% of the nation's in drought. Our economy is very ready to collapse, teetering on the very edge. Our money's getting worth less and less. Well, it's worthless to start with, but it'll buy less and less all the time. And there's disease. We're facing shortages of water around the world, of fresh drinking water. Actually, about a fourth of the world, I think, doesn't have good drinking water right now already. And I figure water wars are about to begin. So it's a pretty pitiful world. I was just thinking this afternoon, it sure is nice that I was able to come up to Zion. I don't have a TV here. I don't have internet here. I'm basically just sort of cut off from the world. And that's sort of the way I want it for about eight days. Not to have to worry about what's going on out there because what's going on here is far more important than what's happening in this world during these eight days. I'm going to read a bit from Zechariah 14 tonight. Behold, the day of the eternal comes, and your spoil shall be divided in the midst of you. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. This could mean the church as Jerusalem, because the whole world will be against the pitiful, small group of people willing to obey God. If you think we're in the minority now, wait until the whole world joins together and only a very pitiful, small group, maybe a few thousand of God's people, are protected and the rest are turned over to the wolves. It is not a pretty picture right in front of us. I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Eternal go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. There's tremendous war ahead for this world. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. The Mount of Olives is not a real big mountain. I've walked over it. But it would certainly be scary to be standing there if it did split in two. Because it is a mountain, may not be a big one as mountains go, but it's going to split right down the middle. 
And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azal. You shall flee as like you fled from before the, her- the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the eternal my God shall come, and all the saints with you. It's going to take us up for the wedding, which we just celebrated at Atonement. We'll have a year's honeymoon as I see it. And then when he comes back to stay on the Mount of Olives, it'll cleave in two and we'll be with him. Spirit beings, immortal, ever-living, and we'll be here to help rescue the world from the mess that it is in. Now, we see a bit of a mess today as I started to describe at the beginning. But if you think it's a mess now, wait till after World War III. Wait till after all this happens. And most people on earth have been killed. Won't be many left. It shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the eternal, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light, and it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half toward the hinder sea, in summer and in winter shall it be. I won't go into Revelation 21, which describes in more detail the throne of God in the city of Jerusalem that will be set up and the four rivers going in four directions uh, to heal the land, to heal the nations. And Ezekiel describes it even more, how the salt water will be healed so it will all be fresh and people's minds and hearts will be changed and become fresh instead of salty and unpalatable. You ever had a big drink of seawater? Very unpalatable, isn't it? You need fresh water. And people are unpalatable, are unpalatable because Ezekiel is describing the attitudes of people there when he talks about the seas, as well as the actual physical waters. But there won't be a water crisis anymore, will there? There'll be water going in four directions to heal the land. Water everywhere and plenty to drink. And the eternal shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord, and His name one. There are all kinds of gods today, false gods. I was reading an article, I think just yesterday, that said that the Pentecostals and the evangelical movement are beginning to take over. That they, let's see, I think it was at least half of Brazil is now Evangelical Pentecostal. And that America is now 25%, I believe it was. One out of four Americans is an Evangelical Christian. Or was it 10%? might have been 10% here. Some nations are 25%, some 50 But it is growing like wildfire. It makes me wonder if they are not going to be a very major part of the religious deception at the end time. They believe in miracles. They believe in... Uh, you know, all their healing things. And uh, they go more by emotion than they do by logic or knowledge. Very, very emotional people. And that's what Worldwide has joined. Our mother has gone off to become a Pentecostal evangelical. Sad to say, but true. And she will turn against us, as Daniel points out. So, he's going to come and be king over all the earth. There will be people who have not submitted. Verse 11, And men shall dwell in it, and there shall be no more utter desolation, speaking of Jerusalem. But Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited, 
And this shall be the plague wherewith the Eternal will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand on their feet. Can you imagine skin, muscle, just sliding off like rotten meat? Their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. They'll just melt before God. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the eternal shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold, silver, apparel, and great abundance. And so shall be the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, the ass, and of all the beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. It shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year, every year, to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. How does it feel to be first? Isn't it nice to be here now, keeping the Feast of Tabernacles before God and hoping that He's pleased with our feast? He's stated in several places, Isaiah 1 for a beginner, that he's not been happy with our feasts. I want to make him happy during this feast. I want our eternal God in heaven to be pleased with what we do and where we do it and how we go about it. He's not had too many pleasant moments, you know, if you stop to think about it since he created Adam and Eve. Man would get worse and worse and say, I think I'll just kill them all. Then he'd change his mind and say, I'll save Noah and seven others with him. And I'll bet he was tempted again at the Tower of Babel to wipe everybody out. Doesn't say so, but emotionally I'm sure he was frustrated. And he's, he's, it's a good thing that a day is as a thousand years to him. It's only been six days that he's had to deal with this. But he hasn't had too many happy moments. I can remember as a child sometimes having the emotion of wanting to make my parents happy, to make them pleased with me. And I would sometimes go out of the way to be sure that they would be pleased. They used to go 70 miles to deliver milk to my aunt and uncle and their children. They had a big family and they'd leave me at home. Sometimes I would actually clean the whole house while they were gone in hopes of pleasing them when they came back. Other times my brother and I would try to see if we could get all the way around the house without touching the floor. So, you know, it came and went. But pleasing our Father in Heaven would be a wonderful goal for us to seek to achieve during this feast. It shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Eternal of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not that have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Eternal will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. God's waiting. He's biding His time. But His feasts will be kept by the whole world that survives. Amazing. 
Go out on the street today and say, why don't you come up and keep the Feast of Tabernacles with me today? See how it goes. You won't get anywhere. Huh? You all right? In that day shall there be upon the bells of the horses holiness to the eternal. They won't be advertising their latest rock star. They won't be hawking the latest movie. There'll be bells on the horses with signs that say, Holiness to the Eternal. And the pots in the Eternal's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yes, every pot in Jerusalem, not just in the temple, but every pot, every cooking place in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness to the Eternal of hosts. Everybody will be dedicated to serving and obeying and loving their Father, who will live here on the earth during the millennium, with our Savior, our husband at the time. And all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and boil or cook therein. And in that day there shall be no more the Canaanite in the house of the eternal of hosts. No more bad attitudes. Everyone will be converted. They will have decided this is the way to go. You know, if not, we don't get any rain for one thing. I'm going to go back to Isaiah 11. I think this is a good thing even on the first night to consider. There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow up out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Eternal shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Eternal. Where do you see that today? Do you see it in Washington, D.C.? Do our Leaders, our senators, House of Representatives, sound like this? Or are they sending email messages to boy pages like Foley? It's going to change. Can you imagine the difference between what we see and read about today among our national leaders? And instead we'll see the Spirit of God upon them in true wisdom and understanding, true knowledge and fear of the eternal. Wow, what a change. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the eternal. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. He'll be able to look upon the heart and determine what's really inside rather than what he sees and hears and might misinterpret, because we can all do that, can't we? But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. So those who will obey will be blessed, treated kindly, gently, lovingly, and those who choose to disobey will just simply be wiped out. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. We have dogs now to guard our flocks. We have guns to guard our flocks and herds. We're afraid of lions and wolves, depending on where we live, tigers, lions. I was thinking mountain lions in the USA, other kinds elsewhere. The cow and the bear shall feed. If I saw a bear out with my cow right now, uh, I'd get alarmed in a hurry. I'd run for a gun. But then, let them lie down together. 
The young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The sucking little child shall play on the hole of the snake, and the weaned that child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. I was hiking the other day, climbed up over some rocks and stood up. There was a pine tree there, a bunch of pine needles around, and as I looked up, there was a rattlesnake right in front of me. And I didn't say, come here, little snakey. I jumped, and he drew back, and then I went this way, and he went that way. He didn't want any of me, and I didn't want any of him. But when we're in the millennium, he's a little child this tall, and, you know, this snake can just wind all over him, and they'll have good time together. And mothers won't shriek in horror to tell the kid that's a snake. Even mothers will get over their fear of snakes and spiders, I guess. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the eternal as the waters cover the sea. Hard to imagine a world that is absolutely tuned into God instead of everything else that the world is tuned into today. And here's our chance for eight days. We don't have to go to work. We don't have to listen to all the bad stuff going on in the world unless we just can't stand it and want to. There's a lot of things we don't have to do. We're here for one purpose and one purpose only, to worship the King, the Lord of hosts. That's what we're here to do, to please Him in the way that we act, to please Him in the way that we talk, to please Him in the way we pray. He gave us a beautiful rain before the feast. I remember the first feast we had here. I think it was the first year. It might have been the second. I believe it was the first. There had been a lot of wildfires around. The air was full of smoke. It just didn't smell good. And it was really hot. Just kind of miserable. And the day before the feast, we had a really nice rain, settled all the smoke down, cooled the weather off. The feast was beautiful. And I understand the weather is supposed to start clearing tomorrow, and we should have beautiful weather. It should be a little bit warmer. Air will be clean and fresh smelling. So we have a beautiful opportunity and certainly in a very inspiring place to worship God, to go up to Zion and worship the King. Let's see a little more in, in chapter 12. And in that day, you shall say, O Eternal, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. How many times have we examined scriptures in the last few years, showing that God's face is turned away and He's been angry with His people, He's scattering them out and spewing out of His mouth, and so on and so forth. And we have heard that enough, haven't we? And yet it continues yet today. But a time is coming, very soon, when God's anger is going to be turned away and He's going to comfort us. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. We'll walk by faith. We'll believe Him. We'll do the things that He says and we'll trust Him to take care of us in every way. I will trust and not be afraid. For the eternal Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. We'll joy in Him. Our strength will come from Him. And we will joy in song. 
just as we did at the beginning of this service and will at the conclusion of it. Sing to God in Zion. Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Ever been really thirsty? After that hike the other day, I hadn't had any water in probably seven or eight miles going home, climbing some mountains. And I was so dry climbing that last hill that I was beginning to even get nauseated. Just, my, I, just it was the whole system was just depleted. And when I reached that four-wheeler, I grabbed a liter of water and chugged the whole thing. And then I picked up another one and drank half of that. And I felt better. Oh, I was thirsty. God is putting us through what we're going through right now to make us spiritually that thirsty so that we will find strength and be ready to sing because of His salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation, and in that day shall you say, Praise the Eternal, call upon His name, declare His doings among the people, make mention that His name is exalted, sing to the Eternal, for He has done excellent things, this is known in all the earth. He's going to be known everywhere, and the whole world will sing the praises of the true God. Can we even imagine a world like that, considering the one we're living in today? Marla told me this morning, there is a God channel now. Just came on, I guess, satellite. So now they're going to have 24-hour holy roller meetings, I guess. She says, now we have a way that we can reach the world. We can get on the God channel. It's, it's GTV, I think she says it is. She says, we better hurry, though, before Jerry and Rod get on there. I think not. But they're worshiping the wrong God. The wrong gods, for that matter. And here we have an opportunity to worship the true God. Our Father in heaven and His Son. But the day is coming when you won't need a God channel. God will be everywhere. We'll see our teachers. They'll be all around. Sing to the Eternal, for He has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth, everywhere. Cry out and shout, you inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of you. Here we are tonight with a preview. We can sing out one more song tonight in the midst of Zion where we are dwelling these eight days as a temporary picture of what shall become permanent on the whole face of the earth when everyone will come up to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and keep the Feast of Tabernacles. We get to be first. Let's help him enjoy it.